Brian, welcome to the Buttoned Up Podcast. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks so much for having me. And before we start, I just want to say that like I'm totally honored to be on this and I respect what you and Brock are doing. You're you're both voices that are completely necessary and um, integral to the conversation that we're all having about menswear online. So again, I'm super honored to be here and, and it's great to meet both of you finally. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, you know, Brock, Brock caters to the shorter guys. I try to cater to the tall guys, but I love the way that you focus on just like uh, bespoke, tailored, and I think the the inspiration that you provide on the channel. That's that's what we wanted to get you on to talk about. Let's Great. get right into it. Great. So what is your earliest, like when did you start to notice that style was important to you? I've always been conscious of the fact that how you dress can have an impact on how you're perceived in the world, um, especially by people you don't know. I think from an early age, I felt that just like being on time is respectful of other people, dressing well and dressing appropriately also is a certain way of showing respect for other people. So, I mean, it's always something that I've thought of when I kind of got more conscious of it was when I was in high school, I would say my father turned me on to James Bond. I think everyone sort of has uh, some kind of affinity with James Bond or will have some kind of um, moment where they've been inspired by the style of Bond or, you know, just how cool uh, Sean Connery was as James Bond. And, uh, you know, my father introduced me to the old Bond movies. And, and from that point on, it was like, you know, not only like, does he look great? Um, has this interesting life uh, that we all, you know, deep down maybe aspire to have like that kind of international man of mystery aura to us. Um, but that was really the, the first kind of defining moment for me. What I love about those is even looking at Sean Connery now, his suit wouldn't look that out of place today. Right, exactly. And and everything we do is based on, you know, if, if there was one motto for he spoke style it's it's classic style with a modern sensibility and that's how i define my own personal style and it's the style that i like to talk about because i think when you're spending money on clothing you know you really need to invest in quality things that are going to last and not something you're just going to have in your closet and maybe wear once or twice and wonder why you ever bought it couldn't agree more so then your dad was an inspiration or, or pivotal to you getting into style then yeah you know my father uh worked for New York State. He was the chief auditor of New York State expenditures. And, you know, he had to wear uh, not necessarily a suit every day, but he had to wear, you know, uh, a jacket, trousers and a tie. And for him, it was probably more of a uniform. And I don't know if he thought about it too much, but I always thought that he was very well dressed. He always looked very put together, um, very respectful as he had to be uh, in the position that he had. And, uh, yeah, so my father was really, I guess, my first sort of inspiration and uh, just seeing how, you know, you could be a respectful person and lead a professional life and command the respect of other people. I mean, he's a great he's a great person as well, but I think, you know, especially when you're meeting people for the first time, how you dress plays a very important role on how you're perceived, at least initially. Yeah, I think that is one of you know the big things, and I love what you said about being on time as a way of showing respect and being dressed as a way of showing respect. I think that might be at the core of why it drives me so crazy the way that people dress in airports nowadays, but that's a whole digression that uh, 
we don't. <laughs> no, I, I, we we can, but I'd also I also love to to learn about how you came to uh, start getting into media. So you you said high school was an inflection point in your in your style. When did you start getting into like the photography side of things or some of the writing? What was the the start of that for you? Um, so I've always been interested in writing. Actually, it wasn't until I got to college that. I really started to love to write, love to read. Uh, I'm not a very fast reader. And, you know, when I was in high school, I, I, I really hated English class, although I liked, you know, the creative side of things. I just always felt, you know, when I mean, if you think back, like when you're in high school, it was always like you're reading this book, say it's Lord of the Flies or whatever. And, you know, you're I, I would read it in one way and I would, I would understand it in some way. But when they would have a discussion in class, I would often share my opinion about the book, whatever it was that, that we had read. And, you know, I think high school curriculums can be very prescriptive. So a lot of the times the answers that I had or the, the ways that I had read a book um, were not the way I was quote unquote supposed to have read it. So I got really frustrated. Um, but then when I got to college, you know, it was more about you could look at something the way you wanted to look at it. And if it, that may, and that was okay. There wasn't just one way to read a book. There wasn't just one way to write about something. So that really started that kind of uh, building confidence in me that, oh, my, my opinion could be valuable, whether, whether it's what this person thinks or that person thinks or this expert thinks, you know, um, I'm, it's okay for me to have my own opinion. So, I've always loved writing and expressing myself and, you know, I'm a, I'm a musician as well. So music and style to me are two very similar things. They're both ways to express something about yourself without saying a word, you know, you're, you're the music you play or listen to says something about you, the clothes you wear say something about you and who, who you are, who you want, how you want to be perceived and how you want people to uh, think about you in the world. Um, as far as the media side, um, I don't know. I've always had a mind for for marketing as a musician and uh, um, wanting to kind of build a career for myself in music. And and I I play uh, I play the saxophone, but I'm not a jazz player. I I play more modern modern classical music. And and building a career for myself in that field really required a lot of hustle. So I kind of learned on the job of, of how to be uh, pr promote the activities that I was doing. And if I had a group, promoting the group as well. So that sort of just came as a result of what I was doing as a musician. Now, when I was a graduate student at the University of Michigan, that's when the whole online media thing started, started to change. And I started to get involved with that. Um, and, and it seems like... I mean, it was, this was 10, 11 years ago, but, um, and it seems so crazy to think that there really weren't these blog, people didn't have blogs back then, or very few people did. Um, it, it's just not, the media landscape is not what it was. So <clears throat> at the time I had a, I had a lot to say um, about modern classical music. Um, I had a lot of thoughts about practicing and how to be a musician in the contemporary world. Um, and I was approached by a guy who was the editor of this uh, new music, modern classical music website called Sequenza 21. And this website had 
um, was mostly for composers, and there were a lot of composers who were writing basically blogs for this website. And, and the editor approached me and said, hey, you know, we're really interested in, in having more of a performer voice on this on our website. Would you be interested in, in, in writing for us and, and being a blogger for us? And okay, so this was in 2003, so maybe long, 2003, 2004, so longer ago than I even said it uh, to start. And at first, you know, I, honestly, I was like, eh, you know, I don't know. Like, it's sort of like someone reading my diary. Like, why, why do, why do I want to, why do I want to do that? But then I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? There's no one else doing this right now. No one, in, like, in my peer group, no one, no one who's older than me. Um, and maybe this could be a really big opportunity. You know, I, obviously, I have a lot to say. I'm having a lot of interesting experiences, um, and I'd love to share, like what I know and, and what I'm learning about and, and, and my journey and my discoveries with, with people. So I was like, okay, sure, I'll write for you. So I started writing, writing for this website uh, about music, modern classical music. And uh, all of a sudden, it was really right place, right time, because this sort of thing started burgeoning at this point. Um, and being one of the first people to catch that wave was, was really uh, life-altering. Because through that website, lots of people found out who I was, um, who I was as a musician, who I was as a person. So critics for the New York Times knew who I was. Critic for the New Yorker knew who I was. Uh, the critic for the Washington Post knew who I was. So, you know, when you develop relationships with people um, like that um, and they get to know you, it was sort of like really like pulling the curtain back on classical music. So for so long, it had always been this buttoned up thing, kind of people are very protective about their process. And and I've always been more about transparency and, and sharing, like, you know, people are worried, like, if you tell them your secret, they're, they're going to steal it and they're going to, they're going to, you know, take that away from you. But, you know, no one can do something like you do it. It doesn't matter if they have the tools, like they need to have the vision, the creativity, the drive, you know, to do it. So I had no problem with that. But as a result, you know, it was it was really beneficial to my musical career. I, I had reviews in the Times. Just knowing these people and being plugged in that way, you know, it, it really was extremely helpful. So as far as getting into the online media, that was really like the tip of the spear for me and my first taste of it. Now, along the way, I've had other uh, <laughs> questionably successful projects. I, I've done everything from what I was just talking about, well, yeah, writing about music online, to uh, having a, a parody website called Bags and Trees. You can actually still look that up. That was like, a, uh, I w <laughs> was inspired by a, a comic that I saw in the Baltimore City paper a long, long time ago. And it was like springtime in Baltimore and it was three panels. And one was like, uh, um, like an overweight woman wearing spandex and just I forget the second panel but the third one was like this bag in a tree and it's it was like so true so I started taking photos of bags and trees and created this whole world around it was like a anti-environmentalist like stance I mean it was all parody and 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 a joke but uh eventually just got tired of that <laughs> so and then a friend of mine and I also ran what was basically the classical classical music, the onion of classical music for a brief two weeks because we got tired of uh, fielding cease and desist 
letters. We did this all anonymously uh, from uh, uh, classical music publicists and agents and so on, which basically proved our point that classical music has no sense of humor uh, about itself. So anyway, that was the experiment. I have done lots of things online. <laughs> and uh, I guess it's leading to what how He Spoke Style came to be. Um, so all of these other experiences I've had, I basically tells a story that I like to have extra projects in my life. I'm always doing other stuff. And um, there was a point where, so I was a bicycle racer for, for 10 years, um, basically had maxed it out for myself. I got to the highest level of amateur cycling. I was a cat one, won some races, had an awesome time, you know, but I had just gotten tired of basically um, having a coach and, and, nutritionist for years and and everything I did ate slept drank like thought about was racing my bike on the weekend and this was you know uh, for 10 years <laughs> so I was just basically done for that done with that and uh, decided to you know retire from bicycle racing which I started Brock while I was uh, living in Tucson um, so and then also at the same time, I was running a, a modern music series in Baltimore at the Contemporary Museum called Mobtown Modern, and I did that for five years. And it, it was something that I built from, you know, three concerts in the first year to a monthly series that won an award, a national award for adventurous programming. So through that experience, I, I, I gained a lot of knowledge and um, also knowledge that I, the nonprofit world was not for me. Um, I didn't really particularly care for um, asking people for money and fundraising. It just just wasn't just wasn't my like core competency. Though I did enjoy like communicating with people and, and curating programs. So I decided, I you know what, I've I've achieved what I wanted to with this as well, and uh, that's that's that. So so I basically packed that up, and suddenly I wasn't bike racing my bicycle. I wasn't. Um, didn't have this music series that I was running, and I didn't really have any extra things to do. So menswear is something that I've always been interested in for a long, long time. Um, so I was at a point in my life where I could start affording um, nicer clothing or getting, you know, suits custom made. Um, so I, I wanted to start sharing this this journey with people online, but also I noticed that there was a void online at the time. There were a lot of what I would call informational sites. Um, and forums that are extremely uh, well-researched, well-written, um, but can sometimes be a little uh, pretentious and off-putting to like the regular guy who wants to get into style. And, you know, I, I don't like that. I, I think for, for the, if, if someone wants to get into style, like it, it shouldn't be like this club that people belong, that you either belong to or you don't, or if you know about a lot of things you you kind of want to let people know and make people who don't know as much as you feel bad so i didn't like the overall vibe of some of that but the other thing with with those websites is there's really no original content like yeah you can tell me like what a chuck -a boot is and and how to wear a tassel loafer but you know they're just sourcing images from over the internet it wasn't or some of them had a very atavistic view of men's style, whereas if it was the 1920s and I, they had the internet in the 1920s, I would certainly be reading this website. Um, but there was just no sort of like contemporary, like, like there was no inspiration 
no visual inspiration, like show me how to do it like a regular person would, you know. Um, so I thought there was something missing there. And then on the other hand, you know, you had your, you have the very inspirational sites. So um, many times they're by younger guys, not particularly my kind of style, but there was no takeaway. There's a lot of like visual inspiration and in stunning photography, but there was no, nothing I could digest and, and like that I could get out of it. And, and it didn't, they didn't write well and they didn't really have anything to say other than look at me. Um, so I, I kind of found that a little off-putting. So there really wasn't a website that combined both of those things for a guy that was my age and that would that would have been, you know, I was in my mid-30s, I'm 40 years old now. So I just wanted to create a site that was approachable, relatable, um, and that the regular guy could turn to and feel comfortable uh, in exploring and, and developing his own personal style. And I just talked for a really long time. <laughs> no, that's all right. It's it's interesting, man. I, I've also I've listened to some of your podcasts and found a little bit about your background, but it is a it's it's really interesting hearing about like the little projects and the uh, even the failures, you know, and, and just the the stuff that you kind of walked away from. Because I I feel like people that are I guess creative entrepreneurs, for lack of a better word, uh, do have a lot of little side projects and a lot of little stepping stones along the way before they really, you know, uh, hit one out of the park, you know, or, or find something that's getting some traction. So, right, yeah, uh, you have that's to, exactly you, what we you throw throw things at ahead. the wall if you're creative, and you know, sometimes one sticks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So what? What I'm curious. What were you? reading or, or consuming but you know before you started he spoke style that i guess did resonate with you you know other than style forum ask andy um you know gq the big ones like w- were there any blogs or any instagrammers or anything where you were like okay they're, they're i like what they're doing but but i could do it slightly differently or, or maybe better right um well instagram really wasn't a thing back back when i started in 2013 well, did they even have Instagram back then? I can't even remember. Early, early days. Yeah, I was I was really late to the Instagram game. I, I mean, uh, if you were around, it was you know your website and and, and Facebook was the thing back then. Um, but yeah, actually, uh, one of, one of the big inspirations for me was uh, I wonder what they were called at the time, the style blogger, um, Dan Trepanier, uh, then became TSB Men, and now of course their articles of style, um, doing their own made to measure online um clothing custom clothing um yeah dan i loved dan's style i thought he was um super inspiring i liked how personal and and digestible his content was um again those guys were a little bit younger than me and you know they had more of like a i think more of like a street uh edge to even some of the more tailored looks they did which um you know i think for, when you're younger, you can do that. You can wear sneakers with a suit um, and, and other sorts of, I mean, Dan used to do some pretty wild things that were that were cool, you know? But again, it just wasn't like he was younger. And while like the Taylor part of what he did resonated with me, um, I thought, you know, for like an older guy like myself, there really isn't a person out there who they can connect with on, on that level. So that was, uh, but that was, Probably my biggest inspiration um, in starting my my site back in 2013. 
Yeah, I noticed actually one. It's it's interesting that you mentioned them. I've also been a a, a fan of Dan's work for a long time and his team now. Um, and I'm actually going to meet them um, in a couple of weeks for you know I I know them online. You know we've talked over the phone and stuff, but I'm looking forward to actually seeing their shop. Um, but one one thing I noticed that you did and that he did too is you partnered with a really really good photographer like right off the bat, right out of the gate, and that seems to be something that sets you apart yeah we get lots of compliments on the photography and um all the respect and props in the world go to rob mciver who's uh really been with me since day one and i've known rob since 1999 um he's also a musician and uh yeah just has a, a passion for photography and uh he's this was a way for for him to explore that side of of his life away from from music and uh, do something creative and, and also, you know, make an impact in the world. And, and when, when you started, uh, I guess, you and Rob, because it, it definitely feels like even, even even the early days of your site, like it, it felt like very much like a partnership rather than, you know, a lot of people have like photog- like freelance photographers. Um, did you start it with, you know, entrepreneurial aspirations or was it really like a side project or a hobby that you you thought, okay, if this gets some traction and I can you know, earn some revenue, great. Or did you really start it like as a business? Well, that's a really good question. So I really didn't know what it could potentially turn into. Uh, I didn't start it to make money. I started it because I had something to say, something to share with the world. And uh, I just wanted to communicate my passion about style and my interest in style with anyone who who would listen. But I did go into it with a plan. And I think anyone who's who's entrepreneurial or has a project that they want to do, you shouldn't rush into it. And and I had a year long content strategy before I even wrote my first post. Um, Because when I get into something, I I really get into it. And I'm like, I'm going to do it 100% like bike racing. 100%. 100%. The music series, 100%. My music career, 100%. I'm not like the kind of person who can just kind of sit back and passively do things. Um, so I knew when I really wanted to make this thing happen that I was going to do it right. And uh, we did it We did it right from the beginning. And, and again, it was a, a lot of right place, right time. And it's similar, you know, going back to uh, the first thing I was talking about with getting into the the blogging on the classical music website, right place, right time. And, and if we think back to 2013, like menswear online really started burgeoning and this whole influencer class started rising up. So the fact that we came into it with a clear vision of who we were, what we stood for, what we wanted to say, and not necessarily where we wanted to go though i did kind of like once things started to take i sort of projected about five years into the future about like how we were going to position ourselves and who we wanted to be and who we wanted to talk to and the types of brands we wanted to work with but um because we were what we were doing was uh, such a high quality even from the beginning you know it helped us get noticed um, and, uh, you know, the rest is history from there. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's one thing that sets you guys apart is, uh, you know, obviously the, the premium production quality, but also, you know, your partnerships and, uh, 
and I know you have uh, some some good um, you know expert level PR uh, work going on on your team too, which which I'm sure helps. Uh, is that like? And I don't know how much you plan for this, but you know, obviously, as, as like a digital media company, there's there's so many different ways to to make money, and I think most websites and YouTube channels and stuff have different revenue streams, multiple revenue streams. I mean, do you, did you really plan for that? Like, okay, we're we're gonna you know we're gonna do sponsorships or we're gonna do um, you know affiliate marketing or, or are you kind of open to to any of that? I mean, yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head when you say like a digital media company like this. Really, there there are many different kinds of revenue streams, and and you know, I mean, just this is sort of like making everything up as I went along. I mean, I, I'm I was never in the space before. Um, I had a lot of help from experts um, on the not promotion side, but like the affiliate marketing side and just getting to meet other really creative and uh, savvy people in the same space, both males and females, um, learning from them, especially the people who had been doing it for longer. Um, they were able to provide a lot, of, a lot of advice and help me navigate basically a landscape that I had knew nothing about. And uh, that was really exciting to me because I like, I like learning. I, I once said, you know, if I, if I ever stop wanting to learn about something, anything, whatever it is, you know, that's probably when I'll die. So, um, it was really great to, to find something to dive into both from the creative side and, and from the business side. Um, and as it's evolved, like my, uh, perspective on things and time I have to do certain things has, has definitely changed. Um, sometimes that, you know, you wish you can go back to that, you know, it's very Zen kind of uh, <laughs> thing wanting to go back to that childlike mind where you didn't know as much as you did. Um, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade any, uh, any anything we've been able to do um, for, for the experience I've had and that we've had along the way. I think some of the brands you partner with are great. Like I, I wouldn't even know Michael Andrews Bespoke if it weren't for... Uh, your channel, but then I know you just did Johnson Murphy and some Nordstrom stuff. What are you like really excited for as we're on the precipice of 2018? 2018, uh, we have actually the one thing I'm I'm super excited about is we have a long term, like a year long digital ambassadorship with Vacheron Constantin, um, one of the big three luxury watchmakers, and uh, that that's going to be a super exciting program, and uh, I can't wait to share like. All of that stuff with with everyone. Um, there's a lot of exciting things happening uh, behind the scenes. Uh, some of it, a, a lot of it, I, I can't really talk about at this point. Um, um, but uh, yeah, there's some cool things happening. I mean, we just launched the shop in September, which was uh, really kind of it seemed like the right thing to do, but I was really on the fence about whether we should do it because I seen it go the wrong way for some people. Um, but we're trying to do it right and, uh, you know, just kind of diversify and, and, and test the waters and into different areas and see, you know, where, what, what we could actually build this thing into in the future. Yeah. What, what made you go into physical products? I know Brock and I have talked about that in the past as well. Well, the thing is, you know, over, over the five year, almost five years, uh, we've been doing the website and, and everything. Um, you know, we've gotten to know our audience. We've, we've built up a uh, respectable audience. You know, we, we, know, we know we have a lot of traffic on the website. 
obviously a lot of followers across social media. And, and these are uh, individuals who, who look to us for inspiration, um, to be educated, to be inspired, to, uh, for recommendations, you know, just they want to know like what we think about X, Y, or Z. So because we know we have that, that large audience and, and they look to us for those sorts of things, um, it, it just seemed to make sense to kind of offer some of our own things that, you know, we stand behind, we, we know the quality of it, we know that it's crafted really well, um, and we know that, you know, basically like putting our stamp of approval on it, you know, we're selling only things that, you know, we vetted, we worked, you know, with a lot of the, the brands to co-brand the stuff. So, you know, it's very much our product, but working with um, established companies like Abbey Horn and, and Seward and Stern or, or more, um, you know, boutique maker like Andrew Hine, who does our, the pencil rests, you know, all things that uh, uh, we love to use and, and that we think our audience would love as well. And because we, we, we know, like we can see our demographic information, we know who our guy is, we know how much money he makes, we know his level of education, you know, we know he's a professional who sits in an office. So these are the types of things that, you know, we really think uh, will resonate with our audience. Yeah, I got to see it in at your meetup last week. The product is is totally beautiful and and uh, well curated also. So, uh, thank uh, you very much. Absolutely. So we're I'm excited to watch you in the next year. Everybody can check you out at He Spoke Style on Instagram. That's where you'll see the beautiful photography, and then also on the website. And can we download an album? Do you have any albums out? <laughs> there, there is an album. Uh, it's called American Voices. It was an album I recorded when I was at uh, the University of Michigan. Uh, it's all, all American composers, modern stuff. You might like it. You might not. <laughs> can I stream? Can I stream it on Spotify? I have to look it up. I don't know. That's a good question. We should check that. I should check that out. <laughs> well, maybe we'll share a link when this goes out, but, uh, thank you for coming on today. Looking forward to checking you as you grow and we will talk to you again soon. Yeah, I really appreciate it guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah. Thanks Brian. Thank you for listening to the Buttoned Up Podcast, a collaboration between John Shanahan of The Cavalier and Brock McGough of Modest Man, and we will see you next week.